Hello, friends. I'm Luke, and I serve on the music team at Holy Family. We continue to hear stories from people like you who listen to the Holy Family podcast and consider Holy Family your church. And whether you're someone who's constantly on the go, hasn't found a church community where you live to which you can belong, or someone who's wondering about the shape of your faith, we are honored to be with you by sharing these reflections from our Sunday liturgies. We rely on the generosity of our congregation, which includes you wherever you listen, to help our ministry achieve and maintain financial health. If this podcast has been a gift to you, would you consider making a contribution so that we can continue offering resources that welcome questions, curiosities, and doubts? You can make a gift by following the link in our show notes. That's at holyfamilyhtx.org. From Holy Family HTX, an Episcopal church for people without a church, this is the Holy Family Podcast, a collection of ideas about leading a Jesus-centered life. We clearly explore the church's understandings while bringing our own questions, curiosities, and doubts, and we never demand fake agreement. Theological exploration is just better that way. So, let's take a moment of silence as we get ready to contemplate today's ideas. Today is Ash Wednesday. Presumably you know this, and that's why you came to church on a Wednesday night. It is the beginning of the season of Lent, a season of 40 days of preparation for Easter. That Christ died and is risen from the dead, that all of creation is forever changed by this event, that death is undone and all things are being brought together in Christ This is so much to take in that the church spends six and a half weeks of every year preparing ourselves to wrap our minds around this good news. We take a look at our lives to see in what context we will be receiving this Easter news. We take time to remember or to discover who we are and who God is. We become aware of what is blocking God's constant and lavish gifts of love from reaching us and those around us. In just a little bit, you will be invited to the imposition of ashes as a way of beginning this process. Jacob and I will take ashes and mark your foreheads in the sign of the cross, saying, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. This is an echo from the psalm we just prayed together, Psalm 103. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. As a father cares for his children, so does the Lord care for those who fear him. For he himself knows whereof we are made. He remembers that we are but dust. 
God remembers that we are but dust. And so we are also called to remember that. And for some reason, according to Psalm 103, that God remembers we are dust is the reason that God has removed our sins as far as the East is from the West. That God we rem- remembers that we are dust is the reason God cares for us as a tender parent. God remembers, and we must remember, that we are created, and God is not. Our mortality, our dustiness, our materiality is what makes us creatures and not God. God's eternalness and transcendence is what makes God God and not us. And for both of those reasons, because of who we are, God's beloved and limited creatures, and because of who God is, infinitely loving, God wants to remove our sins from us and care for us. Penitence is a sign that we are ready for God to do that. So after we receive the ashes, then we'll say Psalm 51 together. Psalm 51 tells us to confess our sins and admit our faults to God. There are many of us who need Psalm 51 to bring us to the reality of our imperfection. Many of us who err on the side of self-satisfaction, whose sin is often one of self-inflation and pride. There are many of us who need the reminders of our own smallness. Remember that you are dust. And there are also many of us for whom the awareness of our own perfection and wrongs is already a constant and cruel companion. And probably for most of us, there is some unique and complex combination of self-hatred and self-aggrandizement, which though opposites both amount to simply an overemphasis on the self. In Psalm 51, the poet cries out that he is unclean, impure, born guilty, a sinner. For some, this is hard to hear and harder to say. Perhaps some of us will tune it out immediately so we don't have to. Or for many, it could seep in and resonate with the self-hatred that's already there, feeding it and amplifying it. For you know this, our culture spreads these notions of worthlessness. We hear messages all around about not being enough, about being utterly rejectable, Many in this room have been affected either in our own lives or in the lives of people we know by experiences of self-hatred that grow into depression and sometimes manifest in self-injury or in harmful eating behaviors or in other broken ways of trying to escape very real pain or to punish ourselves. We don't need Psalm 51 for us to believe that there is something wrong with us. But what if the theological concept of sin and the practice of confession can free us from the shame and unworthiness culture that we're steeped in and that we are trying, constantly trying to avoid? 
Catherine Tanner, a 21st century theologian, describes sin in this way. It's a long quote, so hang in there with me. A deliberate failure of humans to reflect God's intentions for the world. The human refusal of God's hope for the world as a place where God's perfect triune self-communication of goodness might be imitated. She goes on to call sin human beings in this way sin by closing their eyes to and blocking the reception of God's gifts to themselves and others. So Lent might be a good time to ask yourself, what are the ways in which you and the systems in which you participate block the reception of God's gratuitous flow of gifts of love to yourself or to others? What are the ways you refuse God's hopes? And let me be clear, we are but dust. Our blocking of the flow of God's gifts does not limit God's goodness. God responds with even more effusive gifting. But we can shut our eyes to this flow. Lint is a time in which we aim to develop an acute awareness of the flow of God's gifts of love and an acute awareness of where we may have tried to block those gifts. Lent is also a time when we recognize our need to confess our sins and return ourselves to God's all-encompassing love. Confession is about being clear about who we are, about what we see when we look inside. Confession is about believing in a God who will never give up on us, even after all the ways we may have tried to interrupt God's gifting. Confessing our sins restores us to an ability to see ourselves for how God sees us and to see God for who God is. Confession can relieve us from self-preoccupation, whether it be arrogance or self-deprecation or both, and return us to the focus of what Tanner calls God's triune self-communication of goodness. In confession, we realize that however we see ourselves, Whether as overly important or deeply unworthy, it is all simply dust next to the massive transcendent love of God upon which we are dependent and which freely and constantly flows towards us. Here's what confession is not. Protracted self-hatred, a pervasive sense of worthlessness, self-punishment. God desires to deliver us from those experiences not drive us into them. Confession, either privately with God or together with one of your priests, can be uncomfortable because we have to acknowledge harm we have done. It involves changing behaviors, a commitment to return to right relationship with God and with one another. But as we heard in our opening collect, God hates nothing God has made. God remembers that we are but dust, materially part of everything God has created. Friends, Psalm 51 speaks of sin and the need to be free of it. It speaks of that experience of the pain of feeling separate from God's presence because of sin, 
but also because of shame and self-hatred, which is very different from sin. We can read it as a plea to be restored into God's reality in which God delights in us. It can be a way of keeping a holy Lent in which we prepare ourselves to receive the deep joyfulness of Easter. You can find more resources to help you lead a Jesus-centered life at holyfamilyhtx.org. Again, it's holyfamilyhtx.org.